Imagine marital advice given to you, where this person says, "Get a new spouse." Would that make sense? Let's talk about it on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland. Welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now, here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Yep, the Bible does talk about some marriage advice about getting a new spouse, and how does that work? We're in Romans chapter seven in this arc, in this thirteen-week arc, in fact, on the Book of Romans. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org, where you can get the Bible study guides, the inverse Bible study guides on the Book of Romans. And if you haven't watched the previous episodes, we encourage you to go to hopetv.org/inverse, and you can catch up and binge watch all the episodes that we've done in the last <laughs> what four to five years. In the studio, my name is Justin Kim. We have Sebastian, Jonathan, and Siku in Aloha. the studio, and I want to welcome them. And we are we are color coordinated according to <laughs> harvest colors and uh, well, sweet potato, nice. yeah, sweet know. potato, and and. <laughs> I don't know, Thank you. Japanese yams, <laughs> uh, which are purple. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 7, verse 21 through 25. And Siku, you're going to pray for us. And Jonathan, you can read the Bible right after. Sure. Okay, let us pray. Loving Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. Um, we're thankful for the gift of salvation. Mm. And we're thankful that we can learn about how we can accept this gift into our lives. And we pray that this time that we spend in your word would be profitable to that end. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Well, Romans 7, starting in verse 21, says, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. All right. So Sebastian, we have talked a lot about very a lot of practical stuff about salvation and about righteousness by faith. And in our last episode, uh, I mean, actually it was the three of you. Yeah, you guys were like kind of triple punching uh, this uh, this yes. topic. And I wanted to get uh, to the point of how do we actually do that? How do we die to sin? Mm-hmm. And in chapter 7, it talks about the same motif, mm-hmm. but rather than death, it talks about divorce. So same lesson. Yep. But a different, um, different way of looking at it, and mm-hmm. really, no analogy is perfect, right? Each analogy right. has its mm-hmm. ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But here in chapter seven, it's as if um, Paul is saying you got to disengage from one spouse. You need to die, and you need to be married to another spouse. Yes, right. Yep. Um, so the death motif is is a bit similar there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sebastian, how does how does how do we and, and we will have Sebastian start, but open it up. Like, let's actually get to the practicals of it. Okay, mm-hmm. how do we actually die to the self uh, special well I think Paul is using a different analogy because he wants to make sure that as he's talking about this you know dying to sin and dying to the law which he's going to go through in chapter 7 he doesn't want us to feel like the law is bad mm-hmm. even though the law cannot save even though the law cannot deliver us and in some ways we have to die to this law mm-hmm. he wants to clarify what he means but he also wants us to know that the law is not a bad thing just because it cannot save mm-hmm. it has a role and for us to to know what it means to die has to first start with clarification about the law mm-hmm. it is our awareness of the law and our 
our will, as we read in our scripture reading at the very beginning, that says the one who wills to do good. I have to consent. I have to agree. I have to sit and say, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And in the words of C.S. Lewis, right, you never know how bad you are until you try to be good. So it's mm. like the moment you try to start obeying the law, you realize how much you need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there is a cooperative operation that's happening in the life of the believer who's becoming aware of not just the external requirements of the law, but the depth and the spirituality of the law. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't just an issue of my behavior. It's also my mind and my motives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's go to verse verse 12. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Mm -hmm. And we need to read this text very carefully. Some people say, hey, the law died. The law has been done away with. Mm -hmm. But we actually see in verse, uh, was it verse Mm 4? Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law. So it's not the law that's dying but it's we that are dying. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to Siku. I was going to say, verse 7 also helps to verse clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, what shall we say then is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would have not, not have known covetousness unless the law had said, mm-hmm. you shall not covet. So mm-hmm. what it's saying is, um, you may have this notion that the law is bad, you know, because the law shows you that you are bad. Mm-hmm. They're saying that's not, the problem isn't the law itself. The problem is in us, right? Yes. And so the law is actually good because if it weren't for the law, we wouldn't know that we have a problem. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back to what he was talking about um, in chapters 2 and 3, um, where he's talking about everybody is unrighteous, everybody has sinned, that we wouldn't have an awareness of the problem were it not for the law. So in mm-hmm. fact, the law is actually good. Yeah. But the problem is how we relate to the law, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. and that's what needs to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Th- and that is that is if we look at the historical context of what uh, Paul is speaking to, not just in Romans, but really in, in other letters of his as well, is this idea uh, that you can be made righteous or obtain righteousness by keeping the law. You can obtain salvation mm-hmm. by uh, by keeping the law, and uh, and often the baby is being thrown out with the bathwater because if you. Really read these scriptures without looking at the context and the greater uh, story, it sounds like the law needs to go completely away. While we've just learned that the law is holy, just, and good, and it shows us, it gives us an awareness of what is right and wrong, what has to change, you said, is the relationship to the law. So he was trying to help his, uh, predominantly here, the Jewish uh, readers to understand that the law that you have been given by God is, is good, but it's pointing you to Christ. It is not the means of salvation. Mm-hmm. It's pointing you to the means of salvation, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is Jesus. Is this right to say, Jonathan, with what you're saying, those who keep the law yeah. are in the same boat as those who don't keep the law? Well, it depends on how. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, depends. it depends. So God desires us to keep the law, but not as a means of salvation. If I, des- if I think, okay, if I do this and this and this and this, the external application of the law, uh, you know, th- then I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm then you're not good. Paul yeah. had made it clear. You, all your law-keeping is worthless. And that's the sense I was... I was, it was not a trick question. So right, in right. that sense, yeah. So those who do try to keep the law to be saved yes. are in the same boat as those who don't keep the law right. and don't really care. They're, I would actually argue... They're in the same boat. I would actually sense. argue that they're worse because they actually think they're saved. Mm. Yes. Right? That's the problem is that you're actually not putting up any barrier. Mm. You're not pursuing any wall against sin. Right. Because in your mind, you have the you're wall. 
So it's like the emperor with no clothes. You're walking around thinking, right. oh, yeah, I'm saved. I have defense. Right. I have an argument. I have a legal justification okay. before God. Right. But you don't. So the sin points to the law is, yes. a, is, a, is a MRI CAT scan <laughs> that tells me I got, you know, problems here, 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 and right. here. Yes. Right? So then what do I got to do? Right. Right. That's, my, that's not a rhetorical question. What do I got to do? <laughs> well, if, well, let's go to the practicals. But I want to get into the practicals. What do I got to do? Because so far, we've been looking at the beauty of Christ and salvation is so awesome. Okay, yes. so what do I... Well, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, what do I got to do? Uh, how do I not do anything is, is my question. <laughs> and, and I know it's not we're not trying to do anything. Mm-hmm. The practicals. How do we die to Christ? Well, let's... Die to sin. Die to sin. <laughs> to die... <laughs> live, live in the death of Christ. The die in Christ. Correct. <laughs> you know... Six. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Yeah. When we were um, when we were grappling with chapter six, Paul mentions this idea of we obey this form of doctrine, mm. right? And this idea that there is this pattern of teaching, right, which we found in the person of Christ. So the practicality for Paul is that we need to be studying and focusing on the life of Christ and focusing on imitation there. Mm. So by following the that. model, uh-huh. because Jesus did not have an advantage over us. Jesus did not have some unique superpower Mm -hmm. as to why he was righteous. His modality of righteousness comes the same way, Mm -hmm. right? He depended upon God. He rested in his promises. He trusted him. He surrendered his life. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we can look at the model, the pattern of Jesus, Mm -hmm. who was able to balance these extremes. He was very obedient. He was circumcised, right? He was all these different things, dedicated in the temple, on and on and on, that fulfilled the law. Mm -hmm. But he was also an individual you understood the spirituality and the surrender and the importance of that relationship with okay, his Okay, so we, we imitate Jesus. We, we mimic Jesus. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, it, what else? So in everything, uh, you're saying, how, does, how do we apply this? It's, yes. it's in everything that we do uh, in life, we we, we got to recognize that no matter what I do, all the good things I do have no merit enough in themselves. Mm. And that is actually a huge relief when you think about it. The burden is lifted off my shoulders. I don't have to perform a certain way in order to obtain uh, you know, uh, God's favor and obtain salvation. But because it's a free gift, I will gladly perform knowing that that will have no merit, but I, I do it because it is God's will mm-hmm. and it is the right way to live and it is what makes you know humans happy yeah. um, according to God's design. So I keep the law uh, not as, an, as a means, as I said earlier. Uh, we keep the law because we love God, mm-hmm. uh, but we recognize that all, law, all ability to keep the law um, comes from God and uh, our salvation comes uh, from from Jesus's uh, performance, Jesus's righteousness, and not my own. And but but if I, there's nothing that we can do, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> then then all those people who aren't doing anything, what's the difference between them and and us? Who who, who, who do you get it? Like what do what do we have to not do to do? Mm-hmm. Is, is that, is that well, I, I think I think that perhaps the confusion is coming in the fact that. The reason why we're not the same is Mm -hmm. the difference between us and them is we're pursuing faith in Christ. A person who's not doing anything is out there just living in law, enslaved to the sin, right? So they're enslaved to sin. I guess that's the question. When someone pursuing faith, I mean, what is is, is that? What is that? What is that? What does that look like? Can I... 
Siku. Yeah. Can I talk about help what me. it? <laughs> um, I don't know that help it's, it's an answer to. For those of us who are a lot more not abstract. <laughs> I don't know that this is an answer to 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 that specific question. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about practically what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I think here in Romans chapter seven, Paul talks about practically what it looks like in his okay. own life. Okay. That experience of surrendering to Christ and that struggle, that internal struggle, from verse thirteen all the way to twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Paul is talking about is mm. this internal struggle, mm. right? So, mm. I mean, he starts off with, yes, we've established that the law is good because it points out sin. Then he says, how has then, has then what is good become death to me? Okay, I know you're saying that the law is good, right? But when, when, I, when I experience the law, it seems it condemns me, mm. right? So mm. how is it that this thing that is supposedly good... Mm. I, when I experience my experience of it is actually negative, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then he goes on to ex- to explain at least to elaborate on the experience that he has internally with this concept of a law which is good, just and holy, mm-hmm. and then you know me who is sinful mm-hmm. and inclined to do things that are that are evil and inclined to you know a slave to sin. Yes. And that that journey, that experience of coming out of that and and you know experiencing the newness of life in Jesus. Christ. So mm-hmm. I think Paul yeah, no, substantially talks about For it. sure, this experience totally, uh, like that one I do, I don't want to do, that one I do, that, mm-hmm. do, that, that whole thing is, is totally <laughs> what, what I, I totally experience, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Is that to say that people out in the world, they don't, they don't experience that? They got, they, they're like, I don't want to do and I'm not doing it, right? Mm-hmm. I know. Right. Uh, how many of you are totally in this exper- existential crisis as, as, as I am? If you are, leave a comment and tell us about your experience and how Paul identifies. We're going to talk about this after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we, we're having we're having a lot of existential crises, crises here at the table. And uh, Siku, I really appreciate your your answer in verse chapter seven, verse thirteen onwards. That uh, this is a famous passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that I do. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, I, I totally identify with this. Uh, does that mean people out there that uh, I, I guess they would say I don't I don't want to do what I know I want to do. I do do it. And whatever, right? right? And there's the, there's those who do struggle. I, I want to get into the practical. So there is someone there. They totally want to surrender to. They want to die to sin. They want to do all of this. Uh, they and 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 they're they're saying amen to all of your comments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after this this program ends. Mm-hmm. What do they got to do? What's yeah. what's 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 their next practical step? And not that these steps are like step one. You do step two, and boom, you're going to be in heaven, right? Um, we're not talking about that kind right. of level. Uh, but what are some things we can we can we could give them to feed their experience, yeah. Jonathan? So first of all, Paul is here in chapter seven. He's again acknowledging the reality of the struggle that. Mm. Even Christians have, because of the sinful nature, which we discussed in chapter 6, we have a sinful nature, inclination to sin. That's a struggle that will continue. However, Mm. you are now freed. You are no longer slaves to sin, we learned. We are now freed to take the light in the law of God, take the light in His will. Mm -hmm. And so what are we doing once we have read this and understood this? So he acknowledges that reality, number one. Number two... Um, now that we know that our righteousness is in Jesus, which we learned much earlier in the book of Romans, that our salvation depends on what Jesus does for me and in my life, I am freed from that burden to obtain salvation and justification myself, but 
because I have that now, I am called to live in imitating Christ. So instead of worrying about, oh, am I saved? Am I saved? I'm going to look at what does Jesus want me to do? Well, he's very clear. He wants us, you know, to love people, to, to tell them the truth about the gospel, to help them, to direct them towards him, uh, and, and to be, uh, uh, as Paul says in other places, a fragrance of Christ, mm-hmm. right? He wants us to show the grace. I think it was chapter uh, five or, or so where we talk about the grace abounding uh, mm-hmm. in our lives and, 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 and being more powerful than, you know, the, the reign of sin. So what, what is practical? We, we live our lives imitating Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we don't worry. Um, we, we know that imitating Jesus is not meritorious in any way. We don't have to worry about that part. Jesus has saved us and we're, 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 we're saved to serve. And so we, we walk now in that reality, okay. following His will. Obviously, we're not, it's not the one saved, always saved idea. What I'm saying is we have the peace <laughs> with God. As we walk with Jesus, we can have peace all the way into heaven. Jonathan, I like that answer, uh, but I want to maybe go, and this is a legit question. Mm-hmm. If there's those pe- if there are people out there who are trying to uh, live the law, the law, mm-hmm. l- live a life of the law. Yes. They're trying not to sin, and they're trying not to lie, and trying not to covet, mm-hmm. and they're trying to live a good life. Yes. And then there's others who are trying to live the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. who the life of Jesus was also Jesus didn't lie, Jesus mm-hmm. didn't covet. How are those two modes different? Mm-hmm. Why is one considered to be legalistic, and why is one considered to be grace based? Mm-hmm. Because one is legalistic. Here's the thing, right? Um, it's kind of like the, you know, the elephant in the room thing. Like, yes. you know, when, you're, when your mind is focused on, you know, don't look at the elephant, don't look at the elephant, yes. versus, you know, looking at something else, yes. you know. In, in terms of like our experience, what, what we're talking about in the previous chapter, in chapter six, inclination, like, you know, like the, the person that you are, who you are, and that transformation that needs to happen. Yes. Even if I, even if maybe I don't end up looking at the elephant, but my mind is focused on the elephant because I'm thinking about not looking at the elephant. Okay. And that's different from not looking at the elephant because I'm focused on something else. Mm. Okay. And it's a difference in the experience of the of the individual who's actually experiencing on the outside. I mean, there's so many things that on the outside may look the same, but God isn't concerned about the outward exp- appearance, mm-hmm. right? He's not concerned about how you look to everybody else. Mm-hmm. He wants to actually transform who you are, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. he's not just looking for you to not tell a lie, mm-hmm. but he wants you to not be a liar, mm-hmm. you know? And that's different, right? Mm-hmm. It may look the same on the outside, but it's actually experientially a different thing. Okay. So God is looking to transform the person, not just to change their actions. Okay. And I would also, okay. you know, respond to what you're saying and add another caveat to that, which is the difference is one is trying to obtain, one is responding to what they already possess. Mm. So there's a person who's like, I'm doing this because I want to obtain salvation versus the other one is like, I have it and this is how I'm responding. Mm. And my caveat is Mm -hmm. he uses the concept of the old husband and the new husband. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in a relationship with Jesus. I don't have to keep earning and working for what I already possess. I've died. 
right? I've died to that old husband. Yes. <clears throat> so people who are who are trying to earn it, they're trying to not let him die and marry Jesus yes. at the same time. Yes. Right. Which Paul's like, you can't do that. Yes. You're an adulteress. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's got to die. And so that that caveat is that there's been a recalibration of the motive. Yes. And there's been a shift in the motive. One hundred. And I, I and I think and 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 I wasn't I didn't mean to cause a, a tailspin, but no. I think the 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 confusion, I mean not confusion, but misunderstanding is mm-hmm. there are people who are trying to live a life that's Jesus-like mm-hmm. in a very legalistic way. Correct. But si- but simply the fact that they say they believe in Jesus, they love in Jesus, but their motif, their motive mm-hmm. is still legalistic, but using not the word legalism. Correct. Right. right. Because we say the name Jesus, we assume yes. it's not legalistic. But, but what you're saying is these are people who have already received salvation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now out of out of grace, out of out of gratitude, out of as a response, now I will follow the, the I will I will follow the law, mm-hmm. right? Following the law is not bad no. because you have already received. I mean, and so that that order, even though it seems so in, like, minuscule of a, of a calibration, no, it's all it just the totally it's, changes your yeah, trajectory. Yes. Because look at look at his illustration of the marriage. That's why he uses that illustration. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. We you understand it more clearly when you look at it this way to say you're not free. Mm. From that situation mm. until that husband dies, mm. which is why chapter six is important. You have to die in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus made it possible for you to marry a better husband. Mm-hmm. You now have a better relationship. And this is where the, the practicality comes in is mm-hmm. Jesus is salvation. It comes through this new husband. Mm-hmm. Therefore, your in, your interest, your practicality is, I need to draw closer to this new husband. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out how to get to know him, to rest upon him, not to get the relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm not pursuing, right? It's not dating. It's not working on it. We are actually okay. bound in this new relationship. Mm-hmm. And now that we're bound, let's go ahead and make this the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Right. And as I always say, you know, I was just, you know, talking to my wife. We're approaching like 10 years and... You know, we're just laying in bed and talking and, you know, being friends. And you're thinking to yourself, like, I looked at her and I said, babe, can you imagine, like, we've been doing this for 10 years and it doesn't feel old. Right. It doesn't feel used. It doesn't feel like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm tired of looking at you and you're tired (laughs) of looking at me. But it's like the exact opposite. We feel like the 10 years have made this regular thing of just waking up in the morning more deep. Mm -hmm. It's made it more profound, more precious, Mm -hmm. more treasured. And I see the same thing happening in our relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I just, I just, I I love, I just love it because this, this, this I really feel is what what grace is. Yes. Grace isn't merely forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is forgiveness, but it's much more. It's this, because I am saved... I obey even all the more. Yes. And too often we have this debate within Christianity. Should we obey or not? Well, I've been right. free from the law. I don't have to keep any of the law. I have freedom. I don't have to. And if you try in any sense, mm-hmm. you are legalistic. That's but right. true grace-based living is you tr- You want to be even better. Mm-hmm. Not because to, to earn something, but you want to be the very best. You want right. to be even more like Jesus. You want to be exactly like Jesus. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 your, your motive is a lot more aggressive than even right. legalism. Oh, yeah. Because you've already been saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something where uh, in, 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 in Christian lingo, we tend to mix and then we hide and then we can we can mix the, 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 the paradigms together. Siku, oh, I was, was going to say, you know, the, 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 the story that 
I've heard uh, repeated a few times, you know, by different pastors about, you know, the, the, the woman who is married to a husband who is, you know, vindictive and, you know, demanding. And he had a regimen for her every single day. When I wake up, I want my, you know, I want my clothes ironed. I don't want my shoes set out in a certain way. And I, oh, I, don't, I want know the socks and I don't know You don't know? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, I want breakfast at a certain time and it needs to be hot when I get to the table. You know, he just had a specific, you know, this is the way that he wanted his things done. Yes. Um, and she, I mean, she was, she was buckling under the weight of that marriage, mm. praying that her husband would die so she could mm. be free, and he did. Mercy. Mm. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but um, her husband dies, you know, thankfully. <laughs> Lord and, and now she's free, and, and by God's grace, she meets another man, and he's awesome, he's mm. so wonderful, and he does not demand anything from her. He just loves on her, you know, he's buying her flowers all the time, and he's like super sweet, and he tells her the best things, and then he's like, he doesn't buy her chocolate because chocolate is not really good for you, but he buys her like fruit baskets, and mm. you know, he's wow. like awesome, like okay. he's an awesome okay. husband. <laughs> But she's, she feels so loved and so appreciated that, you know, like maybe five, ten years into their marriage, she looks at the way their marriage is going and she notices something that every day she wakes up, she irons his clothes, she sets out his shoes, polishes them, puts his socks in a specific place, gets breakfast ready so that it's hot when he gets mm. to the table. All the things that she had to do for her vindictive and demanding husband She's doing naturally because she loves this mm-hmm. man. Yep. And without, not because he's demanding it of her, but because she feels so loved and appreciated. Mm-hmm. She wants to do stuff yeah. and she's constantly thinking about more things yeah. that she could do mm-hmm. to show him that she loves and him. And I think this is where grace abounds more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not only doing those things well, she's doing above, above and, beyond. and beyond. So she's right? doing lunch and dinner and brunch and snacks in between. She's got <laughs> iron out the, the socks and her hat. Then, like, you know, like, she's going above and beyond. Yes. And that is the secret to a fulfilling Christian life. Right. Amen. Rather than just what are the ten things I got to do minimally to get through this marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful illustration. Beautiful yeah. illustration. And Jesus, and Jesus, you know, uh, the Bible shares with, you know, makes it clear that Jesus is in a way a husband to, you know, us as well. Yes. Uh, uh, to the church. And so it goes both ways. His love is so amazing towards us. Uh, and and he, he just floods us with his love. Right. Mm-hmm. We've right. seen it so many times here. Even Paul, uh, you know, in verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord like mm-hmm. yes there is a struggle in this life mm-hmm. but Jesus is there he's going to strengthen us he's mm-hmm. going to help us and we will want to hold on to him we might stumble but he's going to get up he's going to help us you know you don't you shouldn't you don't divorce when when your spouse makes one little mistake or something you know some issue mm-hmm. you 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 try to work it out right we all we all make yes. mistakes Jesus does not divorce us you know when we make a mistake he says mm-hmm. listen I've committed to you. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get this, you know, That's right. make this happen. And Paul recognizes this. He says, "Thank you, Lord." And 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 then, of course, chapter eight goes in the crescendo of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we got we got to we got to end with chapter eight, verse one, because yes. and we'll read it again next verse, next uh, next episode. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Amen. Spirit. This has been an amazing uh, tr- uh, journey in, in studying the concept of grace. And how many of you have been struggling in your experience saying, Lord, I want more. I want this to be real. I want this to be authentically good. And sometimes in our struggle, even when we try to mimic and imitate the life of Jesus, it can be more of a limiting factor than more of an accelerating factor. I know for me, it's my prayer that for me and my panelists, my friends and all of you out there, let us have a grace-based justification and sanctification experience. We'll see you next week. 
here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Kelly Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.